Hello everybody, this is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to the Explorations Podcast. This week is parsha, a double Parsha, Parshas Chukas and Balak. I'd like to speak about an interesting historical blip, a detail in uh, Parshas Chukas. Really, it's not so much of a historical um, insight as it is a geographical insight. What do I mean by geography? Well, let me put it this way. Think about how Moshe Rabbeinu sends a message to the nation of Edom. Edom, of course, is in part descended from Esav. That's Yaakov's brother. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, you know, we've been, since we left Egypt, we've been wandering in the desert. And now we want to pass through your territory in order to enter the land that has been promised to us. And the nation of Edom says, no way, we're not going to let you. And we would rather fight a war than let you pass through our land. So what does Moshe Rabbeinu do? He tells the Jews they have to go the long way. And they go all the way around. And Parshas Chukas describes about how they have to travel all the way through the south of Eretz Yisrael and through the east until they arrive on the east bank of the Jordan and have to fight their way. And this is how eventually with Yehoshua, with Joshua, they enter the land through uh, the passage of the Jordan River. Here's my question. Why didn't this issue come up 39 years earlier? Think about the story. Think about what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu sent the spies. The spies went in. Was there any mention of Edom at any point in that story? They were somewhere to the south of the land of Israel. And Moshe Rabbeinu sent the spies. Nobody mentioned Edom at all. They simply were not relevant. We are not told why. But clearly, they were not part of the story then. But now, as we are entering year 40, the nation of Edom has to be traversed in order to enter from the south. Clearly what has happened, and I don't think this is conjecture on my part, I think if you just think through the story, you realize something happened. Which is, in 39 years, a lot can happen. Right? Just think about a map of Europe in 1910, and then look at that map 39 years later in 1949. It's quite a different map if you know your history of World War I and World War II. Even just a little bit, and you looked at a map of 1910, you wouldn't recognize the place. So what clearly happened was that back in year two of the Jews stay in the desert, Moshe Rabbeinu told the Jews, be ready, we can now leave Har Sinai and march right in to our promised land. Edom who knows? Maybe they were just wandering tribes. Maybe they lived elsewhere. Maybe they weren't a factor, even though they clearly existed, but they were not going to get in the way. But then you go to 39 years later, all of a sudden they're in the way. They have control over their territory. And this forces a total rewrite of Jewish history so that the Jews have to Tra tra travel long distances to get to the new place, and that traveling results in serious setbacks. If you read Parshas Chukas, a lot of the complaining that takes place is because they have to do all of this extra traveling that they didn't have to do before. And the point is clearly that the Jews were given this message, which is, take the opportunity when you can get the opportunity. Because if you don't take the opportunity, and you lose it, then you might only be able to recapture that opportunity at a later date, and it will be more expensive, and it will be more of a pain, and it will be more of an effort, 
and you don't need that. This is, in effect, one of the great arguments for Zerizus, for acting quickly. Not just because of all the values of acting quickly, like if you're making matzah, you have to make it another under 18 minutes, but because if you don't act quickly, circumstances will get in the way. You know the story, I've told the story a number of times. I think the story is told with Howard Wilson, who was the Prime Minister, and either he was the one who was asking the question or he was the one who was answering the question. And somebody, let's say someone was asking him, he said, what's the most difficult thing What are about being prime minister? And Wilson is told to have answered, events, my boy, events, meaning things happen. And when you act quickly, you stop more things from happening before you decide to act. So that... If you just think about the different things that can happen, where you can make a decision to do something now, or you can wait a week. Well, in a week, a lot of things can happen. You know, one of the stories that I think of when I was uh, thinking of applying uh, to become a U.S. citizen, which I've already been for over uh, for many years now, I remember asking the lawyer who was uh, helping us out at the time, I said, I don't necessarily have to become a citizen now. Should I apply for U.S. citizenship now, or should I wait? I can wait a couple of years before it becomes relevant. Because at the time, I was either I had a student visa, or maybe I had, uh, what do you call it? I had permanent citizenship, a green card, a permanent residency. I had a green card. And I asked the lawyer, should I bother, or can I wait? He says, you know what? Do it now. Because one thing is certain. The U.S. government always makes it more complicated to become a citizen. They never make it less complicated to become a citizen. So whether they increase the fees for the filing of the application, or they add some extra element of difficulty, now is always better than later, because later involves the nation of Edom all of a sudden acquiring new borders to the south of Eretz Canaan. Something to think about as we get ready for Shabbos and as we plan the year ahead. I wish all of you a wonderful Shabbos.